Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun. It's our weekly podcast featuring in-depth interviews with experts from AccuWeather and from around the world, bringing you behind-the-scenes information, stories, and news on the weather, climate change, and the outdoors, covering topics from the worlds of science, sports, and space. It's all the information you need to weatherproof your life. And now, here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather meteorologist, Dean DeVore. And welcome into episode number three of our fall series here on Everything Under the Sun. As uh, some of us in the eastern part of the country have had anything but fall weather here over the last few weeks. In fact, you look at some of these seasonal averages, places like Detroit and Chicago are averaging over 10 degrees above average for the first half of the month. Four, five, six degree above average temperatures along the eastern seaboard. But that's going to change as we get into the weekend. There's a blast of some chillier weather first to hit the Great Lakes and then into the northeast as we go into uh, the weekend and early part of next week. Meanwhile, the warmth builds out west again. Our friend Bernie Reno from Weather Insider, our other daily podcast here at AccuWeather, is going to be with me here in our weekend ahead and week beyond forecast segment coming up at the end of our podcast. But up first in our first phase of focus segment, gardening. It's an important time of the year as we make the turn from late summer to fall and get our gardens ready for winter. We're joined by a couple of special guests to talk about gardening. As you sit back and relax, friends, it's time Time to talk about everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. Over the last few years, we've been certainly highlighting gardening here on Everything Under the Sun with periodic visits from uh, special guests, including our own Brian May. We're going to welcome another special guest to uh, our gardening segment here this week, uh, Doug Oster, an Emmy award-winning producer, host, and garden writer who has been in the Pittsburgh area for decades and hosts the Organic Gardening Show, the Organic Gardener, on our sister radio station from uh, our Odyssey friends, KDK News Radio, 100.1 FM and AM 1020, the 100-year-old-plus a great radio station in Pittsburgh. And Sunday mornings, you can hear Doug Oster and the Organic Gardener on that station with Rob Pratt, 7 a.m. for an hour, taking your calls and special guests. Doug Oster joins Brian May and myself. Let's talk a little bit of gardening as we make that turn from summer to fall in our gardens right here on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Well, first, let's welcome in our special guest. He's been a, a fixture in the gardening world in the Pittsburgh community, uh, writing for uh, local newspapers and being on our great radio station, KDKA. Sunday mornings, Doug, it's great to have you with us. Uh, and, uh, you know, how long have you been doing that KDKA radio show? And I think it's seven o'clock on Sunday mornings. It starts At with Mr. Pratt. Seven o'clock Sunday morning. Our motto is if I have to get up, you have to get up too. There and you go. Been uh, doing the show since 2005. It's a lot of fun. We're welcoming in also Brian May, who's part of our own AccuWeather broadcasting staff, has been here as long as I have for 23 years. We won't say how old Brian and I are, but uh, <laughs> Brian has his own landscaping business and we've talked uh, about gardening and, you know, it's a critical time. First, amazing warmth that we continue to have here. You know, it's uh, the middle of October and my dahlias are still, they're in overdrive now, trying to put as many uh, flowers out as possible. It's just that nice juxtaposition in my garden about things that, you know, cool 
cooler plants that sometimes you uh, are really strong in the beginning of the season. They kind of wane a little bit. They've come back and having like a second, even third round. I think uh, one of my hydrangeas is trying to put out another bloom or two here before, but we still got the warm weather, but we're losing sunlight. It's an interesting time in the garden. And uh, I wanted to talk to both of you about some strategies here as we make the turn, because eventually this is all going to come to an end and winter's here. So uh, let's start with you. Uh, I know your big thing is uh, one of your big things is garlic. And this is a big time to get that in. And also we should be thinking about trying to beat those first frosts here to get some of these spring bulbs in here over the next couple of weeks. I know my Brex order is uh, about to come and I'm excited about that to get going. It's a fun time of year in the garden to kind of enjoy the rewards of what's been happening from the summer and into this extended fall here and uh, get ready for winter as well. Well, what's interesting is normally I would have all my garlic in by now, but it has been so warm. I'm actually waiting until November to plant my main crop. I'll put a little bit in here pretty soon, but just like planting a daffodil or a tulip, we're planting those garlic bulbs now for a July harvest. And there's nothing like homegrown garlic, but you know, the the garden, it's just been amazing. I, I don't, I can't remember a time where I've gone this long for dahlias, peppers, things that love warm weather it's just been amazing and we are going to enjoy it for as long as we can. I'm, I'm looking at the 10 day for us and it's going to continue for us. We'll, we'll, you know, here in Pittsburgh, we're going to extend the season even longer. And uh, just like every other gardener, I'm loving every minute of it. Brian, I know that I saw you at the store the other day and you said that you're busier than ever. You've got more and more clients coming online in your uh, landscape and your gardening business. And, uh, you know, people are taking advantage of this extended warm weather to continue to do things in your garden. My business started picking up last year during the COVID shutdown. And it sort of just kind of snowballed from there. This year, I picked up even more new clients. And because of the warmth, you know, we haven't slowed down on creating new new flower beds or redesigning anything. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I keep thinking the dreaded cold is around the corner, but I'm also just going to keep working and working as long as I can. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, there's some important things that I think uh, need to be done. And I and I still think, at least for me as someone who has gotten more of a green thumb here for the last few years, especially this time of year, do I or don't I prune? And there are really, uh, I think, more disadvantages to pruning uh, anything this time of year than advantages. And uh, maybe talk a little bit about that in your mind. Uh, we should let everything go from what I'm reading as long as possible. And even you know some of these plants that may not look so nice as they uh, make that turn into fall with their seed heads and stuff, I think it's still important to keep all that stuff going and around. It provides some good cover for birds and those kinds of things as we get into the winter season. So you may it may not look as pretty, but uh, you know, you've got to take care of the stuff, what, that's diseased and, 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 and maybe kind of trim out some of the stuff that you wouldn't want to continue as you go into the next season. But that's really the extent of what you want to be doing at this point in the season. Yeah, we really have to be careful. Uh, you know, there's diseases around, especially uh, specifically oak wilt. We can never touch an oak tree until it's in dormancy. Otherwise, we risk uh, opening that tree up to the disease. And so for many other plants, too, if you t- think dogwoods, rhododendrons, the uh, hydrangeas, many of these plants, the hydrangea, many of the hydrangeas have buds on already. Dogwoods have their buds on. Rhododendrons have their buds on. If we start trimming those, we're removing flowers. 
And for our evergreens, if we prune now in, in where I'm at, zone five, six, that could push out new growth that wouldn't have time to harden off. But the, the things that we do prune right now is deadwood. We always need to get deadwood out of a plant uh, when we, we see it. There's no wrong time to do that. Every plant needs to be pruned a little bit differently. And in general, and this is just a general rule, you know, you have to look at each one. It's when it's in dormancy, you know. And so when we come out of this cool weather and, and come out of winter, we'll be pruning the fruit trees and uh, oaks, stuff like that, while they're in dormancy. So uh, we don't uh, negatively affect them. Yeah, I think uh, with the, my hydrangeas, you're right. You're already seeing the buds, something like a peony. You're already seeing the eyes that are going to be the foundation of that plant for next year. So that's another thing I had to do a little bit more this year than other years. Uh, my peonies was, uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, it seemed like I got too much soil around the base. And uh, with peonies, you know, they need that that base of it needs to be close enough to the, the, the soil level there so those eyes can start growing and coming out. So I've been doing little cleanups here or there in aisles, but right, nothing nothing major and just enjoying uh, all the great flowers and stuff. Brian, anything that comes to your mind, uh, things that you're seeing that folks maybe you should want to do here as we start to make that turn from fall to winter here in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe, you know, understand the difference between cleanup and as, as Doug was talking about pruning, um, because you do want to get rid of... You know, I'm thinking of like iris uh, stems, those, uh, you know, all those old. Right. Cut, cut the glad. My gladiolas yeah. can be cut down with right. the leave just an inch or two at the at the surface. Once they're really ugly. I mean, they're still sure. this time of year with this warmth that uh, if it's green enough, it's still sending energy from that plant back to the bulb, which is what you want to happen right now. Right. You want sure. that good energy to keep going. Cleanup is also important just because you don't want that to uh, linger there over over the dormant season, causing diseases to sprout in the spring. So you want to think about cleanup versus pruning, I guess. Right. Um, the other thing, Doug, that I find out uh, this time of year is you know, like I'm, I'm cutting off all my my dahlia flowers, right? As as they as they start to get bad, but I'm kind of keeping them to kind of set up and and use as kind of compost mulch here. In addition to any other mulch that I might buy at the garden store, I can make my own mulch from my cuttings and things that I'm doing and cleaning up here. And it's important to get that ready here as we start to make that turn um, towards the colder weather. Um, you don't want to cover anything up. A big time now, but as we get, you know, on some of these plants later on, there's going to be some some necessary protection that can be provided by some of the stuff that you're you're doing in your garden now, and you can keep that and provide good uh, mulch to be that protection. You know, dahlias are the queen of the uh, late season garden, and I'm so excited that you're growing them. And those should go all the way until frost blackens them. And I actually have a few few tricks for saving those dahlias. Take that foliage off and leave those dahlias in the soil for a couple more weeks. And they will form eyes like potatoes. You have to have an eye to have a flower the next year. You're going to save them, right? Because cheapskates like me, we have to save our dahlias year after. Well, uh-oh, I heard a sigh. Well, I, I've <laughs> tried, Doug. I've tried. I, I, I have. And it's just, it, to me... It's either been they've been too dry and I haven't I haven't kept the right moisture and that's hard. Um, it's, it's really something you got to check on weekly, I think, with them if you're going to try to keep them. Well, you know, once you once you get the hang of it. And so 
everybody does this a little differently, but there's a stuff called vermiculite that I like. It allows you to have a lot of variables with dry and wet, you know, uh, too dry. Yes. They shrivel to nothing too wet. They rot. That being said, the fact that you're growing dahlias is wonderful. If you, if you can't save them or don't want to save them, let them freeze out and start again next year, but don't deny yourself the beauty of, of dahlias. And all that stuff that was on top can become compost. Anything that once was living will become compost. And all we do is we take that stuff out of the garden, and in my case, stuff out of the kitchen, and just put it into a pile. And a year later, it becomes compost. That is our gardener's gold. That's what gives us the green thumb. People are always telling me, oh, I have a brown thumb. There's no such thing. When you put this compost, and it doesn't have to be stuff that you make yourself. You could buy it by the bag, by the truckload, however it might be. When you put compost into the soil and dig it in, you're giving the, the plant everything it needs. Most times it's going to be very successful at, at fighting off pests and diseases. Now, we all have our garden problems, no matter how great of a gardener you are, how much <laughs> compost you put in. That's part of gardening, you know, successes and failures. I always tell people plants die. And when they do, just figure that something <laughs> happened before you got it. That's my right. excuse. <laughs> right. And and, le- and learn from it. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like cooking. You know, the best chefs didn't start out to be that good. They made some mistakes. And the, the lucky thing is you can keep and try the dish again. Um, you, you're talking about saving dahlias. Can I save my begonias? My begonias are gorgeous, too, in the back right now and in the shake. Is that another one I can dig out? and try to save? Is it worth it? So it just depends on the type of begonia. The type we would save would be called a tuberous begonia, which has that big kind of tuber thing underneath. If it wasn't tuberous, you know, and if if you were so uh, inclined, that could come in as a windowsill plant and kind of nurse it along. But if it's a tuberous begonia, we would save it the same way we would a dahlia, which would just be you know, the top gets uh, frosted. We put them on some newspaper for a couple of days out in the sun porch, dry them out. And then we stack them into the, like a big Rubbermaid container with uh, vermiculite in it. And I'm more of a once a month checking it, you know. Okay. Take a, take a look in there. You see anything rotting, it has to come out. You see something right. start to shrivel up. We need a little bit more moisture in there. And as I said, it's just like you said, it's like cooking. Once you kind of get the recipe right for that right. vermiculite, or sometimes it's, it's peat moss, whatever people are using, then the saving becomes pretty simple. You know, we're going to try to feed. We're going to try to uh, just not, not prune, but uh, clean off and, and, and get ready here for winter. Uh, what about fertilization and feeding this time of year? Should I be doing anything extra or should I let my own things of putting back uh, the stuff uh, in, well, you know, the cuttings and everything, should I let that be the food for overwinters? Or are there some things that I want to do and feed here as we get into late fall and, and into the early part of winter? You know, for me, the only thing I'm feeding right now is probably one more feeding on my lawn. Everybody does this a little differently, but for me, I don't want to push out, again, new growth at the end of the season on, on something. So my shrubs and trees, I've stopped fertilization, but that doesn't mean that's the only way to do it. I know some people and some arborists still will, will, will put a little fertilizer on trees at the end of the season. And a lot of times that's personal preference. Uh, but the big one is, is for me telling people, 
get that aeration machine out there. Go ahead and rent that. That that puts some uh, little thumb-sized plugs, pulls them out of the lawn and throw one more thing of, of fertilizer onto your lawn to get it ready for the winter. And then we that last mowing, which used to be right about now. <laughs> probably going to be, not be till November, I think, the way this be, is going. Might be, might be wearing your Santa suit when you're doing that last <laughs> mowing. You know, make it a little shorter than, than normal for that last cut. And then don't forget, you know, this is this is a great time at the end of the season to get all that stuff on your mower done, you know, because you're so busy in the spring. Take that thing in at the end of this after your last cut, you know, get especially just get that blade sharpened. That is so important. And it'll be ready to go. Uh, and the shop isn't busy right now. And so, you know, when you everybody shows up in April, brings their blades in or their mower in, they want work done and it, it's crazy. Now you have an opportunity again after your last cut, take it in get it running right, get the, get it sharpened, and you'll be good to go in the spring. And it's not just mowers. I think that's good advice for any of your garden tools. Once we start putting them away, Brian, this is a good time to kind of, you know, oil that squeaky, uh, those, the, the clippers you have or that spring that uh, is not so good. Be a good time to kind of take stock of those and and, and get uh, some repairs and some cleanup on your, your garden implements and, and organize. I mean, I've got all my, you know, for dahlia growers know this, that you get all these little supports because they start growing goofy and you're one of those tall dinner plates to, to stand out. I, I feel like an engineer more than I do a, a gardener sometimes and trying to prop everything up. Now, you know, now is the, the, one of the most enjoyable times in the garden for me, especially in terms of planning for the spring. Now's a really good time to look back at your photos from this past spring or this early summer and see what worked and what did not work and what you want to change. Um, or what you want to add to your your perennial landscaping. Um, now is a, a great time to do that, but it's also an extremely busy time just cleaning up. You know, if you want to do that last round of mulching to spruce things up. But I always worry that people kind of have burned out by this time on gardening. So it's a good time. Yeah, to I, I, I can see that. I think that over. in the past, I think that in the past, but I think maybe for me, at least this warmth has uh, reinvigorated me, you know, like I found myself out Sunday, Doug, just, uh, you know, puttering more than I would be on a normal October day because it was so warm. And, you know, I saw a bunch of things that I could do and I could make an impact on in my garden uh, in that time frame as well. How late is too late to get these spring uh, bulbs in if I'm going to, you know, add to my... uh, my tulips and my um, daffodils and uh, hyacinths and those kinds of things, you know, is it till that first frost or do I have a little leeway in getting the, getting the spring bulbs in? You know, you've got a lot of leeway actually. And uh, being uh, a gardening cheapskate, I will buy the bulbs I need now at retail. Well, almost retail, but then when we get to Thanksgiving, most bulbs go to half price because normal people don't know that you can still plant all the way until the ground freezes. I have put bulbs in as late as January 11th if the ground has not frozen. So I'm going back to the wow. nursery. I'm going back to the nursery. First, I'm warning people on the radio. Like, I'm telling you right now, they've got bulbs. They're half price. You go get them because if you don't, I'm going <laughs> to. Nice. I'll go to the nursery. I was going to say, I've put bulbs in like, Close to Christmas before. Yeah. Um, it just, you know, again, depends on the weather. I'm going to the nursery 
here and there at the end because the mistake I made before is I'll go in, I'll buy the entire thing, everything they have at right. the end of the season. And then the ground does freeze and I'm stuck with bulbs. So I'm going <laughs> back and forth, getting a hundred here, a hundred there. And a real quick tip for bulb planting. There is a tool called a bulb auger and it's just a big drill bit. They're $25. Yeah. $25. That makes bulb planting fun and easy. There is a hand tool that you, you kind of rotate into the ground. We call that cruel and unusual punishment. For yeah, my, 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 I've gotten cramps in my hand uh, from that damn tool. So I get, know what you're get, saying. Get a bulb auger and, and then you can put these big drifts in. That's kind of the fun thing. Now I, I'm passionate about daffodils uh, where I grew up in Cleveland. They have this thing called Daffodil Hill where my yes, they do. Yep. I know that place. It's beautiful. Buried there when I was a kid, seven years old, 1967. You can work out the math. <laughs> I looked behind me and I saw Daffodil Hill. I know I didn't know that was daffodils, but I was profoundly affected by that. And so I'm, I'm making my own Daffodil Hill here over the last 25 years in memory of my grandparents. And to do that, I'm using that bulb auger because I can get a, a hundred bulbs, get on my knees, use that bulb auger to drill whole plant, plant, plant. I could do a hundred in, you know, 10, 20 minutes, depending on the quality of the, of the soil. And I'm trying to add a thousand bulbs a year. And so you have to have a tool like that. And as I said, they're $25. Uh, it, it's just, you know, I've been using bulb augers for 30 years. It is just a great way to make that job so much easier because with those, that hand tool, a, a poor gardener will have a hundred bulbs and get 10 in and wonder what am I going to do with the other 90? I wonder <laughs> I've been there. I've been there, Doug. I have been there. Like, Oh my God, I got 45, 50 more. What am I going to do? <laughs> uh, this is great stuff. Um, last uh, things from both of you as we're kind of running out of time here in terms of uh, some things to do over the next couple of weeks. And then we maybe uh, check can check in again as we get closer to the holidays. But uh, Brian, anything that you want to bring up here in the last, uh, last few moments just enjoy this time in the garden um as you you wind up the season just uh, have fun planning for an early start in the spring i think it is right and 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 you you hit the nail on the head i can't remember where all my tulips and daffodils and stuff so i got to go back to those pictures right now yeah, and, I'm and, telling start, you, and start planning and how i'm gonna you know as i'm cleaning up other things in the around the garden and with these perennials and stuff where i want to put my new uh my new stash doug anything from you uh here as we wrap up in this segment definitely don't stop this is the perfect time for tree planting shrub planting perennial planting and and those bulbs and garlic you know a lot of people are they're done. They need a break, but push it out one more month and you'll be so happy that you did. Yeah. Th these temperatures are conducive to root growth. That's why we're planting all these things now. And everything is on sale at the nurseries. So yeah. get, get, out, <laughs> get out there, get some cool stuff and, and add it to, to the landscape. And one more thing. Yes, sir. Always, always the right plant for the right place. When those trees and shrubs say they're going to be 30 feet tall, that means they're going to be <laughs> right. <laughs> Learn how to read those tags, folks. Right. Don't, and don't crowd. I have a fight with my partner, Joel. He likes to crowd a little bit too much and got to give some of those things room. Really great stuff. Uh, again, you can listen to Doug and uh, Rob is your co-host there. Rob Pratt, a good friend of mine. Sunday morning, 7 a.m. on KDKA News Radio 100.1 and... AM 1020. I know that outro now by heart. Um, 
Is it an hour or two hours with you, Doug, in the morning? Uh, we, we do we do an hour and answer questions, have guests on. I had a member of the Rolling Stones on a couple of weeks ago. What? So kind of fun. Yeah. Chuck Lavelle is a sustainable forester. He's the keyboardist and musical director for the Stones. And that that's probably my apex of guests. <laughs> cool. That's 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 pretty cool. Well, Doug, appreciate the time. Brian, thanks again for always. And we'll do this again soon. Thanks for your Absolutely. insights here as we Thank you. enjoy this extended time in the garden. As we said, you can listen to Doug on our friends in KDKA, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, News Radio KDKA, Sunday morning, 7 o'clock, on with our friend Rob Pratt for an hour, taking your calls, questions, and with interviews. Our friend Brian May has a podcast as well. You can get his Fresh Clippings podcast at podbean.com. Let's go back to Doug. Doug Oster can also be found at his website, dougoster.com, D-O-U-G-O-S-T-E-R.com, and his Twitter handle, Doug Oster One is a great place to get all that information. It has all the links and everything as well. Thanks to Doug and Brian. Our good friend Bernie Reno is taking time out of his busy schedule, hosting our Weather Insider podcast and spending mornings with you on our AccuWeather Network. Bernie joins me here to talk about the weather for this upcoming weekend and the week beyond. Is it going to be as stormy as it's been? Does the warmth continue in the east? What's going on over the next week or so? Bernie's up next with me on Everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. Plan your day with confidence and find out what the weather means for you. Join AccuWeather meteorologist Bernie Reno Monday through Friday for Weather Insider. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com as we roll on our third episode in our fall series as we uh, talked about the garden in our opening episode. Um, I'm joined now by AccuWeather meteorologist Bernie Reno, who hosts our daily podcast, Weather Insider. It's good to actually have you on Everything Under the Sun, Mr. Reno. And I have to tell you, Dean, I was walking past your place the other day, my wife and I with our son. You have a beautiful garden. Lots of beautiful flowers. So, you know, anybody, Dean may say he's not a professional gardener, but his work suggests otherwise. Well, uh, Joel and I have done a pretty good yeah. job. It, it's not just me. It's Joel as well, my partner. And uh, we're really proud of it. And, and the fact that it's just been so nice. gosh yeah. darn warm this long has been crazy, Bernie. And uh, I'm enjoying the extended growing season now here in State College, which seems like the new Charlotte. Yeah. And, and you know, the problem <laughs> is, though, first i got to cut my grass again. You, you know, usually in the Northeast here, we, you know, you have to start c- cutting your grass eh, late April, you, once a week. But you usually get a little break in August, right, because it gets hot and it gets dry. Not this year. I've been cutting nonstop since April. It's the greenest my grass has ever been. We've had plenty of rainfall in the Northeast. Now, next couple of days, summer's last hurrah, perhaps. Maybe we'll start drying things out. Uh, but uh, certainly it doesn't feel like fall, not in the east. No, it doesn't. Um, in fact, temperatures mid to upper 70s. In fact, I was just saying that this week as we were recording this Thursday into Friday. I think the upper 70s that uh, Detroit is seeing on Thursday, that may be the last foray that right. warm as we go through the rest of the season. I mean, there's a shot that there's a little bit of a warmth that may come back at the Northeast and Great Lakes to get them close to 70 middle this week. But there's some interesting things for next week. But let's just talk about the weekend real quick, and I'll, and I'll summarize, and you can give some comments. So 
The big feature is that colder shot of air that brought some snow out west is now translated to the Great Lakes in the northeast. So there's some changes coming with a river of kind of showers and thunderstorms going to come slice through the northeast, get a lot of rain probably late Saturday, Saturday night. And then, you know, we're going to go from mid to upper 70s back into the lower 60s in a hurry in the northeast as we go from Saturday to Sunday. So a big change coming for a few days, but then it moderates again. So it's it's a drastic change because of how warm it's been, but it's not a huge change in terms of the uh, seasonal normals. Now, where it will feel dramatically different, not temperature-wise, but humidity, Texas and the southeast, when you get up Saturday morning, you're going to walk outdoors. And it could be in Dallas. It could be in San Antonio. It could be in Birmingham. It could be in Atlanta. Heck, it could be all the way down in Jacksonville, Florida. You're going to say, holy blank, does it feel (laughs) comfortable? It's going to be a... Big, big difference from the humidity standpoint as it lowers. And, and, and the weekend, you know, for the most part in those areas look nice. But, Dean, th- that system coming through on Saturday in the Northeast, that's going to start playing some havoc for many outdoor plans. I haven't looked at the NFL's, I mean, the uh, the college football schedule on Saturday. But, boy, there's going to be, there could be some nasty thunderstorms in the afternoon, what, from Philadelphia on north and perhaps, perhaps in the southeastern New England. Yeah, I, I'm glad we're not having a, a football game at no. Penn State. Um, the, the Nittany Lions are on a bye week. But uh, we sure know when to stop that four-game schedule, that straight schedule there of home games because that was all nice weather. And then it's been a little bit understated uh, here the last week and this week would have been wet. But yeah, there, there could be some nasty thunderstorms. In fact, uh, as this podcast drops on Friday, we could be seeing that in the afternoon and evening, right. especially up in the uh, in the Great Lakes. But again, that uh, trough swings into the east, chills us down for a little bit, but then the warmth builds. So after getting a little cool start to the weekend in places like St. Louis and Chicago, things start to moderate right back for a few days. But just uh, briefly touching on next week, there seems like there's a system that could come in, drop some colder air towards the the latter part of the week in the northeast into the Great Lakes. And I'm real concerned, Bernie. We're getting to that point here, mid to late October towards November. At some point, one of these uh, tremendous shots of colder air coming down, it's going to start to trigger the possibility of a nor'easter as we go up along the eastern seaboard. And the thing is, right now, it's a Pacific air mass. At some point, that's going to happen. It's getting late in the season. Yeah. But nothing right now for the immediate future that's what I'd say for now. For that storminess, right. Yeah, but yeah. but when we make that turn to November, it's, it's going to be a, an interesting time. So, yeah, it looks like to me the atmosphere just trying to sort itself out a little bit next week. Not a lot on the weather map, but we'll keep an eye on some of that colder air for the latter part of next week. But, you know, this weekend, enjoy like Phoenix, Denver, really beautiful, warmer stuff. Houston's going to be nice with that fresh feel all the way down to the coast. A little cooler in the southeast, but they need a break. It's been pretty warm down there. Really quickly in the tropics, anybody notice we're still in hurricane season? Oh, yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. Go you ahead. Know, and, you know, it's been amazing. Here's what happens. You know, it doesn't matter how much, how warm the waters are. Doesn't matter if you've got wind shear. What's wind shear? Strong winds in the middle and upper part of the atmosphere. And that has been widespread in the Atlantic. Now, we've had a couple of storms in the last couple of weeks, Dean. But since the wind's out of the west-southwest and it's so strong, anything coming out of the deep tropics gets ripped apart. It's like putting a paper in a shredder, right, with the southwest winds. And anything that would develop doesn't head toward the United States. The one area to watch, though, is going to be in the in the Caribbean next week because the wind shear lessens. Right. So you so you uh, give the ability for something to so, pop up. Something comes in that area. We also have that frontal boundary that's going to stall in the Gulf of Mexico and the southern Gulf. You look in that area, and, and I mean, that is a telltale area for development in October. So keep an eye on the Caribbean next week. But 
We're still in hurricane season. Yeah, we are. Anybody knows that. All it's right. been so quiet. It has been for the last week or two. Bernie Reno, you can catch him every day on our Weather Insider podcast and, of course, on our great AccuWeather Network. Thanks for being with me. Always my pleasure, Mr. Dean. We invite you to spend weekdays with Bernie. Uh, our Weather Insider podcast drops around midday, and that's uh, Bernie's chance to take a look at his uh, unique thoughts about the weather for that day and the next couple of days and whether there are topics that uh, we're talking about on the network and other things. Again, that's Weather Insider. We're you can get all your AccuWeather podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all the other great places like um, Spotify, Stitcher. And even on our website, go to AccuWeather.com slash podcasts, and you'll see our full slate of podcasts, including Everything Under the Sun and Weather Insider and some of the others that we do, including This Day in History and more. That's the history of this podcast for this week. It's uh, gone by quickly. Thanks again to Doug and Brian to talk about gardening and Bernie, about the weather and beyond. We'll be back. Back next week, getting that space where the weather meets your life and talking more about it. Outdoors, gardening, the space situation in the skies and the heavens and all of those things that make this time of year so great as we get you from fall to winter. Some big changes in the weather coming over the next couple of weeks, and we're going to be talking about that, too. For all of us at AccuWeather.com, our hundreds of team members working hard every day to weatherproof your life, and our executive producers, Ken Prell and Andrew Robb. I'm your host, Dean DeVore. That'll do it for episode three of our fall series of 2021. We'll see you next week for episode four of the fall series of Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.